Still Human, a sci-fi space exploration drama. Journey to planet G-159C. Well, Houston, uh, somehow I knew that it wouldn't be quite as easy as just asking. I imagine it must be a bit of a shock to get a message like that, all out of the blue with no real explanation. I suppose it's a uh, familiar situation, really. Once again, you have your flight, and I'm trying to reel you back in, just like Radio Tashkent, really. But truth be told, I think we actually are on the same page this time. Now, the situation in Port Wallace remains pretty delicate. The place is still under construction. We're now behind schedule on the solar orbiter, and Advanced Assembly is having trouble now producing spare parts for the Hound Dog. Wallace himself is still in stasis, and the doctors really don't know what they're going to do to bring him out of that yet. And you know, I can't have people running off. It's not like the old days where the State Department was always ready, I mean, not even ready half the time, begging to get you out when the trouble started. You know, I can't afford to lose you. I can't afford to lose anyone. It's not just about you. It's about the people who might be Motivated to follow in your footsteps, go do their own thing. It's about the people I'd have to send out to help them, to help you, you know, to rescue you or them if something went wrong. You know, there's a lot to this planet that we don't know about. A whole lot. And if everyone's out there running off doing their own thing, then I don't know how we're going to pull this thing together. So listen, I need you I need you to get back into that mindset of Radio Tashkent. I need you to, to tune into that tonight. And give it some thoughts and get back to me. Uh, and I hope to be seeing you soon. Hope to hear back from you soon. This is Houston. This is day five, maybe six, that I've been with the beings. I've been following them now for, this would be our second day of of traveling, as they broke camp. I trailed behind them close enough that I could see them and, and sort of be a part of their entourage, but far enough back that I felt comfortable. I don't want them to feel like I'm intruding, but I suppose I am because I'm I'm following somebody back to their home. Like I said, though, I I feel very sure that they're okay with me following them, that they want me to follow them. I I just have this sense of it, and I I feel that that's the way that they communicate uh, with me, maybe to each other. I don't know that yet. I haven't heard them make noises that I can distinguish as 
you know, phonetic language, but it doesn't mean that they don't have it, obviously. I'm just crouching. Um, we've stopped for a moment, and uh, we've been stopped for more than a moment, long enough that I've been able to brew up some coffee for myself. As we were approaching this forest, this, this massive mystical and I maybe I'm only saying mystical just because of the sheer scale of it forest all these towering trees the leader uh, paused for a, a moment in his movements uh, not long enough that he stopped but he slowed and as he did so a team rushed forward uh, about a dozen of them and I, I don't know what else word to use for this but the um, <laughs> teleported, it bounced, bounced, but discontinuously, you know, in one moment, you know, one of them was on the ground and then in the next split second, he was on the next whirl up and then the next whirl up, almost climbing a ladder of these branches of these towering trees, but disappearing and reappearing in a flash, bursting upward and then, and then fanning out. I'm into the forest uh, in front of us, to the left, the right, and forward. I think they're clearing the forest of uh, threats. Or, or looking for something. But I have the sense that we're waiting. I have a sort of a... I don't feel anxiety from, from the group of beings, from the leader. But I, I, I feel a sense of um, suspense, like light suspense from the beings, as if they're waiting for, for some communication. And then I suppose we're going to go into the forest, and, and I suppose we're going to go to their village, and... And Scott wants me to communicate with him tonight, so I think I will, if I can. Um, well, certainly, it's not, not the first chance that I get, but um, I'm comfortable enough just uh, just here for now, uh, drinking my coffee. I was getting tired of collecting rainwater uh, to drink, so it was nice to get fresh water. I, was, I guess it's just nice to be camping and hiking. I, uh, they've been... Or last night they set up uh, something of you know, sort of their makeshift little encampments, and uh, I got to set up a nice little lean-to, you know, primitive shelter, uh, kind of up off the uh, up off the ground on a little platform. It's not like I was a wilderness survival expert, but it's something I always enjoyed uh, when I was younger. And uh, I mean, isn't it the dream to do it? I don't know, like just a wide open adventurous feeling planet that just feels like this you know pristine primordial you know, wilderness like this and i don't even know what the effect of uh you know beings that can teleport has on my sense of this uh of this wilderness but like i said before it's it's possible i saw wrong it's possible that, you know, kind of when you see uh, spiders move, you know, they almost seem like they're 
teleporting with how quickly they twitch in their movements. I suppose that's possible. But I've never seen anything climb like that. Or bounce from tree to tree like that. Truth be told, I was starting to really stink uh, hanging out in that cave by the way I had been. Whenever uh, when I was on Earth, um, I've always been a guy who showers at night at the end of the day. And so hiking and camping experiences were always a bit different for me because I didn't get to shower typically um, before I went to bed. Uh, unless I you know, was camping at one of those you know, campsites with a shower. But I, I typically try to do it as primitively as possible, the camping. And, uh, you know, usually you don't really want to go swimming in, maybe if you find a lake or a river, you don't want to go swimming uh, in the water at night uh, to clean off. Or at least I don't, because uh, I've always had something of a fear of, uh, of water, especially at night. That uh, obviously becomes amplified when you're on an alien planet. And so, you know, I didn't really want to wander away uh, too far uh, from the camp uh, during the day because I wanted to be near uh, these beings to watch them, to, to try to understand, to, you know, to not lose sight of them. Uh, I didn't know when they would leave, uh, so I didn't wander off to go find water. And at night, I... Uh, I obviously um, didn't want, like I said, to go find uh, water uh, because even though uh, relatively recently I felt comfortable enough with this place to wander off into the wilderness uh, like I had, uh, I'm, I'm a lot less confident now that I actually understand this planet. That's not to say I was confident before. I have a lot more respect for nature and wilderness on Earth, let alone on an alien planet than that, but now I have a, a different sense of, uh, of the spectrum of, of life forms that might exist here, and I just don't know, and, and I didn't feel comfortable. But thankfully, I've had a couple chances now to uh, to go get some water um, as we've been walking, and, we, and we've sort of followed a river for a time. And uh, I got coffee and, and water, and I got coffee. Now, in that that uh, audio I just played for you uh, is from Scott and that's his response to what I'd sent him uh, it's a little bit um, I had to listen to it a couple times uh, to catch the radio Tashkent part I think he's referring to something from our past uh, from some work that I was doing uh, that he became sort of involved with um Obviously, as a representative of of the government there, and and it was a, um, a way of communicating by short wave, uh, short wavelength radio. And uh, and he'd actually installed uh, the capability on all of our mobile devices, and um, you know, in the event that you know, while here our comms somehow became compromised, and I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously he's cryptically sort of telling me there that, that he wants me to communicate with him that way, and I don't know why that would be, unless maybe somebody caught up with us. It's uh, perfectly possible, I suppose, that Lightspeed Tech has advanced uh, in the three and a half years uh, since we left Earth, uh, such that somebody was actually able to catch up 
and has arrived. Some competitor or some, I don't know, some somebody, some entity uh, from Earth that has that has caused him to uh, need to communicate me with me privately. I don't know what else it, it could be. Maybe there's some factions within the colony that are that are developing and, and dissenting, and he needs to communicate with me. It's really starting to get to me now that I'm that I'm walking farther away from camp. That uh, that I'm not there. It's starting to feel not like a mistake, but I've always I've come to think of success as something that could be boiled down in a lot of cases to momentum and timing right? the ability to to create and, and sustain and reverse momentum and, and, and that's augmented by religion intelligence you know, personal qualities and in group dynamics, you know, gaining lift can can be so subject to to achieving you know sufficient surface area, and and you need all the variables that can you can bring under your umbrella to create that lift. And I don't know what they're dealing with there, but I can understand why he would be bothered by anybody not being there. Particularly me, given given my background and what I'm I'm here for, what I'm supposed to be doing for the group. But I'm not sure that that I'm not better serving success. You know that that combination of momentum and timing by being here, the things that that I saw today scream to me that I am doing the right thing. What's up, Home Trees? It's me, Chris. And Corey. And Donnie. From the More Gooder Than Podcast. For each episode, the three of us pick a thematically similar movie. Like Dances with Wolves, The Last Samurai, and Avatar. Or Deep Impact, Armageddon, and Space Cowboys. And then duke it out until one movie is crowned most goodest. Three movies into, one movie leaves. Ironically, Thunderdome was not the winner when we tackled the Mad Max trilogy. You know why, right? I, oh, yeah. We don't need another hero. Hey, uh, where can people find more good of them? You can find us on Twitter at MGT Podcast, our website, mgtpodcast.com, and on Instagram and Facebook at more gooder than. We're on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and any other podcatcher that you can think of. Remember, it's not just good, it's more gooder than. The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. <laughs>